The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 187 of the podcast, or you're joining us live on YouTube or on Facebook Live. This is our first week on Facebook Live, so if Facebook is where you prefer to watch things, uh, then we'll be doing the Facebook Live every week now. It's also our first episode with the new logo, so sorry if you guys had a hard time finding the episode uh, because the logo changed, so on all your on your podcast platforms, you're not going to see the old white cartoon logo. It's going to be a charcoal gray logo with the uh, MMA on the rocks in the middle. And uh, you may also have not found the episode this week because we're a day later than usual. Today is Monday, April 27th. And I'll let my co-host explain why we're a day late this week. All the way from Quarantine, New Jersey, Jeff, the Animal Wilson. Jeff. How you feeling on this Monday evening, my friend? And and tell the folks what happened yesterday. Yeah, Bill, my allergies have been acting up really bad. Um, I have really bad seasonal allergies, especially right at the beginning of spring. So, you know, the, the cherry blossoms are out. You know, stuff is starting to come into bloom. And, you know, April showers bring May flowers and whatnot. So, um, Bill, I took two Benadryl yesterday at like 5.30. And then... Somewhere around 6.30, 7 o'clock, both of them hit me, and I was out for the rest of the night. So I was completely useless in any capacity. We should have just done the show anyway. It could have been like a Joey Diaz where you just <laughs> fall asleep on the air. <laughs> we, should, you, we should do an episode one time where you take a Benadryl, and then we start the episode like 15 minutes later, and we see how far we get into it before you fall asleep. Um, <laughs> I was I was pretty tired last night, too. I was actually kind of relieved that you weren't responding to my text because um, my buddy Jonathan came over to the house. And um, it, you guys may remember I was telling the story a couple of weeks ago how my daughter's swing set had a dead tree. I, I When I first built a swing set, I, I, built, I built it between two trees, and one of the trees died, so I had to put up a, a wooden post and I had to put a, a cement block to mount the post into. Um, so my buddy Jonathan came over yesterday and we cut the tree down. Um, it, it was a more laborious task than I thought it would be because the tree was so dead, Jeff, that if you went and kicked it, you could put your foot like right into it. It was just basically like termites and carpenter ants holding hands. Um, it, and the, the bark was like super soft. Uh, and even like we, we put some tree rope around the top of it and we went to pull it and the rope was just cutting into the tree. <laughs> like I wow. thought, I thought the rope was going to sever it, but for whatever reason where we made the cut with the chainsaw happened to be the strongest part of the tree. So we were, we were pulling on that thing and it was maybe, maybe 20 feet high. Uh, cause the, the top of it had fallen off. It was a pretty big tree. Um, so Jonathan is, is an arborist. So he was the expert in this scenario. I was just like following his lead. So he made like the, the angled cuts and everything with the chainsaw. And then we tried to pull it down with the rope, but man, that thing was holding on by the end. He had made the cut. So that, like, there was only like two inches of wood holding the whole tree together. Uh, and then finally we pulled it down, uh, and it fell. We were trying to pull it. Cause it's right up, it's right up against a fence in my yard. And then, then there's a fire pit, uh, where we had our beers and it happened to fall right between the fence and the fire pit. And I, I have a video of this and Jonathan was so excited. He started yelling. We didn't even knock over the beers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was the, the crowning achievement of the day. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, we cut the bottom half of the tree and, um, cut it up into pieces and then i started working on getting rid of the stump you know putting holes in it and 
and putting a, a stump decayer uh, chemical down inside there so that it, it decays a little faster and I can pull that stump out and then, and then it, it'll be time to put more turf down, Jeff. So next time you come down here, maybe we'll, uh, we'll finish that turf job, but it was an exhausting day. I was, I was sitting on the couch and, and I was texting you last night while you were in your Benadryl coma. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even feel like walking upstairs right now. And, and and I feel like I feel like such a schmuck. Like we do this once a week. It's like I can't get off my ass to to come do the podcast for the one day. And I, and I apologize to those of you who who uh, set your watches to us since we usually post every Sunday night. But um, uh, I'll give you all a refund. <laughs> yeah. I'll give everyone double their money back. How about that? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was my day. And then today I, uh, I took some of the logs and I, I was just splitting them with an ax. Um, so I, I've been getting my, my workouts in very unorthodox way. Took a good chunk out of my finger. Let's see there. For those of you watching on video here. Um, yeah. So good times. So, uh, what are, what have you been up to, Jeff? Anything interesting going on in your world? Nah, dude. I've just been reading and, you know, trying to just keep my allergies under control. It's gonna it's gonna suck for like a week. So, like, my eyes are super red. So people think I have the coronavirus, but it's just allergies. <laughs> yeah, man. This thing, um, this thing is getting pretty wild here. Um, you, you know, they're talking about reopening the country and then there's medical experts who say you know we're not ready to open the country and then there's there's other people who are marching in the streets with guns and, and demanding that we open up the barber shops because they need a haircut um i i mean i i fall somewhere in between you know i i would like for everything to return to normal but uh you know i would like to do it safely you know i would like to see uh, I would like to see less people getting sick and, and stuff like that. And, but I mean, you guys don't really care what I think about this anyway. I'm just, you're, cause you're hearing this from everywhere else. Everybody, everybody's got an opinion on this, you know? Um, so you don't need to hear us talk about it, but I don't know. You want to, you want to give a little, uh, you want to give a little thought on uh, what's going on here, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you, Bill. I would like things to go back to normal, but same deal, you know, I want it to be, a, you know, with the right precautions and make sure that when everybody does go back to normal that we all don't get uh don't get sick on like the first day back. Um <laughs> so Bill, we should have a live comment from your buddy Nelson Moran. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if this is a typo or not, but nice Nelson says, "What up, Poppy Kulo?" All right, Bill. So I have two two theories here. One, um, Kulo actually means ass in Spanish, but um, if you throw an H somewhere in there, it it translates to chulo, which means cutie in Spanish. <laughs> so, so he's either calling me an ass or a cutie. Yeah, it might be a typo, Bill. Well. I, either way, I don't know how comfortable I am with this comment. <laughs> he, he's either calling me an ass or he's calling me a cutie. Um, but yeah, uh, Nelson's Nelson's my buddy. We used to work together um, back at this back at this Korean technology company that rhymes with lamb's tongue. Uh, <laughs> and, and <laughs> speaking of Korea, Jeff. Um, uh, of course, that company is a South Korean company, allegedly, but the uh, the dictator of North Korea is supposedly dead, Kim Jong-un. What? But, no. Yeah. Nah. Okay, it was Papi Chulo. He, he clarified. All right, so I'm a cute daddy. Yeah, but Bill, I don't buy it, man. I, I think it's all, I think, I think he's trying to fake his own death to get out of something, like a yeah. marriage or something. Yeah. To get out of him, he's a dictator, Jeff. I don't think he has to do much to get out of a marriage. He just has his wife killed. I don't know, man. Wives seem a lot more resistant than that, man. Especially the naggy ones. 
So, <laughs> but Bill, go. You you made a comment about haircuts, Bill. I, I've committed to this mullet thing, man. I got some conditioner oh, yesterday yeah? at the store. Some VO five. It's got like a whole bunch of essential oils and stuff. If I'm gonna grow this thing out, I might as well take care of it, Bill. And then yeah. I want to dye it blue when it's like full grown. Okay. And you know, maybe adopt a couple of tigers. You know, maybe. a lion here or there. Yeah, maybe become Joe Exotic's next husband. Yeah, there you go. I, Jeff I, would, picture you, I would picture you looking like Miguel Torres with the with a mullet. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Who? Miguel Torres? The soccer player? No, no, no. The fighter. Am I thinking uh, of the right thing? Nah, Miguel Torres is a common name, dude. Like, I could throw yeah, a stone and hit somebody and name Miguel Torres my neighborhood. Yeah, no, he was he was the uh, the bantamweight champion oh, WBC for a while. It made me doubt myself, Jeff. This guy, yeah. It, it's been too long without MMA. I'm starting to doubt my own knowledge. I'm an expert. That's why we do this show here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. Here, I'll show... Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture for for everybody wondering what I'm talking about here. But yeah, I, I I'm okay with the mullet. I think uh I don't know about dyeing it blue. What's what's with the blue? I don't know, man. I got I got a lot of grays coming in. I got to do something about it. You got to do something about the grays so you're going to dye your hair blue. Yeah. Got a lot of white hairs coming in. It's hereditary. <laughs> All right, here we go. I got a picture of uh, Miguel Torres here. Yeah, this yeah. mullet fought in the WEC. I'm trying. Let me find a better picture of his mullet. So I remember it being longer, but this is what I think you can pull this off, Jeff. Is this something that you put a lot of thought into, or is it just? Nah, it's just a whim. But I figure, man, if we're, if I'm gonna if my hair's gonna just grow, since I can't see a barber in a while, I'm, I might as well take care of it. I, <laughs> I I think you should recreate this picture of Miguel Torres when you get when you get your mullet. <laughs> what does his shirt say? Could you see what his shirt said? It says "Hecho en el Octagono." Oh, Made okay. in the octagon, I believe that loosely translate to. Yeah, dude. I don't Bill know. Bill Nelson says I should get waves, but I don't have the hair for it. Yeah, my, hair won't, my my hair won't do it, Nelson. Lots of comments from Nelson. I'm I'm almost instantly regretting doing this Facebook Live thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson's got nothing better to do in quarantine. Yeah, but neither does anybody else. Why aren't we getting more comments, Bill? That's true. Hey. I see you guys are watching. You should be commenting here because we don't have a whole lot to talk about. So you better, uh, you better right, start. So, to... so I got some options here. I got the mullet. I got Jerry curls. I could do waves, but I don't think my hair would do that. I don't know. I, I don't know if you could pull off Jerry curls, Jeff. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think so either. <laughs> I don't think you've got the hair for it. No, nah. <laughs> I can't do anything cool with my hair besides just grow it. Yeah, um, I I don't have very versatile hair either, because my hair never gets long. It just kind of gets like bushier. Mm. You know, I can grow my beard long. Uh, you've seen that before, but the hair I, I have one option. You, you know, cut it or or just have it grow like outwards. I never I never get any length with it. Mm. It just gets more dense. So, I don't know. I guess I should be fortunate I have hair. Yeah. Nelson insists that you need cherry curls. Maybe uh, we can we try. Got, I got the conditioner in there, so. You're going to need some Murray's hair cream. Who's Murray? <laughs> I don't know, but that's uh, that's what they use on the Chappelle show. Murray's hair cream. <laughs> and I, I remember it was like a game show and he was like you want a lifetime supply of murray's hair cream <laughs> and that's one can because one can is a lifetime supply 
<laughs> I imagine it's very greasy. <laughs> so you only need a small amount to to get those perfect curls. Oh man, Dave Chappelle, that was a good show, man. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the best shows. I remember I was in college when that came out, Chappelle show. That was hysterical. And then Dave Chappelle went crazy and like disappeared and moved to Africa for six years or something. And then he comes back and has like three of the most popular stand up specials of all time. That's a talented dude. Yeah, man. And like, I love Key and Peele. They're awesome. But Dave Chappelle is a master of his craft, man. Key and Peele have, have some good. Uh, my my favorite one is th- there's the one with the substitute teacher. Right, that mm. pronounces all the kids' names wrong. That one makes me laugh. And then the the one I really love is the NFL draft, where they do the <laughs> they have all like weird names for the college football <laughs> players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite was always McCringleberry. Hingle <laughs> <laughs> <Engle> McCringleberry. <laughs> oh, uh, Ryan wants to know if you finished the soup yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 good on soup. We were running low for a while, but we hit the grocery store yesterday, so we're okay. Yeah, I mean, it, the soup should have been yesterday because yesterday was Sunday. Yeah. Ryan's actually watching now that we're on Facebook. Is he usually bails on the show? What's on YouTube? Too much work to get to YouTube. Yeah, this is a, a exciting time. We got the new logo. Everybody can see it's on the video there. Um, we we may have some merchandise in the works, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, that'll be fun. Got some. You know, talking to some people, trying to make some things happen. We'll see what we can put together. There's a a bit of an economic drought right now. So, um, you know, people are, are looking for work, and then it's not the best time to be putting out merchandise, but it's not like we're looking to get rich here. We're just, you know, trying to make some cool stuff, spread the word. Uh, we got to make your logo, Jeff. So we, you guys have to send us ideas for Jeff's logo. I'm, I'm thinking, like, it should be some type of animal, and it should be eating soup. Yeah, I'm all for it, man. So if anybody is a, a graphic designer out there who is a fan of the show and you want to send us some designs for Jeff the Animal Wilson's logo, uh, please send those through, and we will uh, we will definitely like to use um, fan art as part and then we'll give you a free Jeff the Animal Wilson t-shirt or something when they Yeah, come. after after we copyright it. Yeah. J- uh, Jeff the Animal Wilson fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> a satchel. A satchel. <laughs> with a <laughs> with a panda eating soup. <laughs> we, got, we got big things in the works, Jeff. We got we got nothing else to think about while we're in quarantine. But we got plenty to drink about, Jeff. I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Steve Maraboli, who I talk about very often on the show. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago, the sub series that I started, how I met the Matt. And, uh, after the show was over, we were talking about different whiskeys and stuff. And he's a scotch guy. And he recommended this to me, the Balvenie, uh, Caribbean cask. It's a 14 year scotch whiskey. So it's from Scotland naturally and it's uh aged in in uh caribbean rum barrels uh so it's a very different tasting scotch and i'll hold up the glass i've been sipping on here you guys could see the color here um it's pretty dark for a scotch very rich jeff immediately this scotch jumped into my top five favorite scotches i don't know what it bumped off the list I don't know that I've ever actually put together a top five, mm-hmm. um, but if I do, this is in it. Um, it's got uh, it's got like some dark cherries, like some some real like ripe fruit on the nose, um, and then when it hits the palate, it's got a lot of vanilla and oak like flavors you wouldn't really expect from a scotch. It's not very smoky, 
So if you're not a fan of scotch because it's too smoky for you, um, this might be a good transition into the scotch world. Uh, and then the the after palate is uh, is very like warm and it leaves a, almost like a toffee flavor that kind of lingers. So it's got a lot of sweetness to it, but it it's all subtle sweetness. Um, and it, and it's real, it's real rich. Like the, the flavor will linger on your palate for a little while. Um, so I, I paired this with a Perdomo cigar the other night. Uh, and I was just sitting in my backyard having this and, and this is something else we can talk about Jeff, because people ask me, uh, pretty often, especially because they see that I post cigars and, and liquor on my Instagram stories and stuff. People are always asking me like how to pair, uh, liquor and cigars. And, um, I don't think there's really an exact science to it, but I, I started like trying to do some research to help give people some answers. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of blogs and stuff out there that, that do cigar and, and liquor pairings, they'll tell you like, oh yeah, do, uh, do a Don Julio 1942 and a Arturo Fuente Opus X. And it's like, all right, well, a $200 bottle of tequila and a hundred dollar cigar. Like, yeah, they're going to taste pretty good together. Like that's kind of a no brainer. Um, so I don't know why they do the pairings like that, but what I always say is, is try to match. Uh, you, you'll see people say match the body of the cigar with the body of the liquor. I say, try and match the color. Um, and if you want to pair with beer or whatever, uh, you know, go by the same thing. If you have a, a light bodied cigar in like a Connecticut wrapper and, and, um, like a mild tobacco, you'd pair that with like a light beer or like a pale ale or something. And if you have a Maduro cigar or something that has an aged tobacco, you would pair that with like a stout beer. Uh, and then anything in the middle, like a medium bodied cigar, you'd pair with like a, like a double IPA or like a like a red IPA or red ale, uh, or a, like a nice heavy lager. Um, so same thing with like the hard liquor. If you have like a light bodied cigar, you would pair that with like, uh, a tequila, like a lighter tequila or like an Irish whiskey, a medium bodied cigar. You would pair with like a lighter scotch. Uh, and then like an aged cigar, you'd pair with like a rum, or or a bourbon you know so dark cigar goes with a dark liquor you don't want you don't want one to overpower the other so you don't want to have like an aged tobacco like really powerful cigar and pair it with like champagne uh because it's gonna taste like shit um the so you want to you want to try and like make it make it even the the easiest way is to go by the color lighter color cigar goes with lighter color spirit that that's my my best advice and, and, and kind of play around with it. You know, I, I don't smoke a lot of cigars myself, maybe, maybe one or two a month. Um, but, but when I do, I always like to pair them with a, with a nice, uh, liquor, uh, that you can drink neat. Uh, I always find that's the best. I don't prefer, I've never preferred beer and cigars. I don't know why, because I like cigars and I like beer. Um, and, I, and I've tried doing the pairings and everything, but there's something about like the carbonation combined mm. with the, with the smoke that just doesn't sit well with me. Um, so I, I always like the, the neat liquor. A lot of people do wine too. Um, uh, but, but same idea there. So like a white wine would go with like a lighter bodied cigar. And then as you get into heavier stuff, like a Chardonnay or like a, a Rose, you get a stronger cigar. And then if you have like a, like a Malbec or like a dark dry red, you would do that with like an aged tobacco, like a Maduro cigar. And that's it. That's it. So that's my little, that's my little cigar spiel, Jeff. I don't, I don't know. Do you have any, any thoughts on this? Bill, I'm no expert on this, man. I just, I just go with whatever you give me, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't go wrong with that either. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely something that I've enjoyed a little bit more over the years. And you're actually the person who introduced me to it. And I don't do it very often, but it is nice on special occasions. Yeah, yeah, it's just, um, there's something really relaxing about it. And, um, it, you know, you're not inhaling the smoke, mm -hmm. so you're not beating up your lungs. I mean, 
and uh i'm sure there are other downsides like mouth cancer and and stuff like that but that that's for i i think people that are smoking like two and three cigars a day you know not yeah not the occasional not the occasional stogie um but yeah and there's something about the tobacco that will enhance your buzz so yeah there's like it, you can catch a wave just right you know where it, if your buzz is just starting to peak and you light that cigar up uh it'll it'll kind of let you ride that peak a little longer um you know before you before you have that down whatever the down is for you whether it's hugging the toilet or having a bad hangover or or being dehydrated, whatever that may be. They'll let you hang on to that peak a little longer. Uh, but, you know, always mix in your water, too, while you guys are drinking. Um, that's that's my my best piece of advice, because I've always been a guy, I'd never really get hangovers, Jeff. You know this about me. And and those of you who've been listening for a long time know this about me. Um, and I think it's just one of those, I think they say like one out of five or one out of eight people don't get hangovers. Um, I have had two hangovers in my life, um, and they sucked. Um, but that, that was like, I drank an insane amount of liquor that, that a human being shouldn't be <laughs> consuming, uh, by any means. Um, but yeah, but when I, whenever I am drinking alcohol, I, I do always drink a lot of water as well, because that's what gives you that hangover because you get the, um, the sugars and the alcohol, especially if you drink real sugary stuff like processed like cheap tequila, uh, you know, rum is real sugary. If you're drinking like mojitos, uh, like real sugary wines, like a Menachevitz or something, that'll that'll dehydrate you even more. And that's what gives you the throbbing headaches. Um, so drink a lot of water. You know, to, a pint of water for for each alcoholic uh, beverage is ideal, but most people aren't going to do that. But you know, just try and mix a couple in. That's that's my best advice. This this has become like an an advice show now, Jeff. We're we're giving out free advice here. Yeah, and that's definitely going to come in handy when you do the cigar thing, uh, because something I learned really quick, Bill, is the next morning your mouth feels like a desert. So <laughs> yeah, just, you get the, the ashtray mouth. Yeah, but you up the water ratio a little bit, and you're fine. Fine the next yeah. day. Yeah, you, you you have to learn the proper way to smoke a cigar too. Like you gotta kinda like roll the smoke in your mouth a little bit, but don't hold it too long. Um and, and then like the rate that you're smoking a cigar. Um and then you gotta pay attention to <clears throat> what kind of cigar you're getting too. So like uh like a robusto cigar would be rolled pretty tight, and then a, a double robusto like Oh, you, th you think you're getting twice as much, which you kind of are, it, it, but it'll look like the same size, but it's, it's packed, it's packed like more densely. So it'll burn longer. Um, so like the, the Perdomo I was smoking the other night with this, uh, Balvany Caribbean cask, um, it, it was over two hours. It was burning Jeff. It was just a regular size cigar. It just happened to be rolled in such a way that it lasted a really long time. And after like, two hours and 20 minutes i had to put the thing out like i'm like man i gotta go to bed <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of nice so um you know ask questions if you're looking to get into cigar smoking like go find a local shop and you know people are usually you'll never find a cigar shop uh, with a, an owner or or a worker that doesn't smoke cigars you know like you could go you, you could go to Best Buy and buy a computer from somebody that knows nothing about computers, but you'll never go to a cigar shop and find somebody that like, just, I don't know anything about cigars. It's just a job. Like, you, don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't take a cigar where uh, a job where you're like basically living in a humidor all day. And like, you gotta, you gotta make sure your skin's not drying out. Um, <laughs> Uh, unless, you know, you like cigars and you like being around that smell and you, and you know, a thing or two about them. So just ask questions. Um, my advice is to always go with hand rolls. Uh, so if you find a cigar shop near you that has, uh, that rolls by hand, that's always the best way to go. Don't, 
don't be fooled by label stuff. And then uh, another tip, if you're looking, so if they have a display rack, right? The way it's usually set up is like your cheaper stuff will be on the bottom. Your high-end stuff will be on the top. And then uh, the middle is where you want to be focusing your attention. Because especially if you're new to cigar smoking, you don't want to be you don't want to be jumping in right into uh, you know the top shelf stuff because it might seem like a good idea, but then like you don't know how to smoke it right, you'd just be wasting it. You know, to grab a couple of mid shelves first, um, stay away from that bottom rack because you know that's the stuff that just like tastes like garbage. You don't want to be smoking that anyway. You go for the middle row and you know just play around different different colors and different textures and, and things like that. I mean, you guys got plenty of time to do it now. We're all quarantined. Um, that's what I did. I, uh, I, I bought like a sampler pack from this website called cigar monster. And I just, uh, I threw them all in my humidor. I'm just been kind of playing around with different things and they're pretty cheap. So it's a good way to do it. What do you think? Jeff? You know, you're gonna start uh you're gonna stick to the wood tips or you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> the, the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, uh another piece of advice is if you are gonna do the cigar thing, do it outside the house because it will stink for days. For those yeah. of you who don't know this. Yeah, yeah. And um if you have a wife that doesn't really enjoy the smell like I do just uh you know throw your clothes right in the laundry room on your on your way inside the house just uh oh, yeah. shower off another thing that helps if if you don't like the uh the smell of the cigars on your hands and your face and stuff is is uh baking soda a little baking mm. soda on your hands um and, and work it in with some soap for about uh you know 30 or 45 seconds you guys are all experts at washing your hands by now because of all the coronavirus stuff uh, so just work a little baking soda in there and it'll uh, absorb the smoky smell off your hands. And it doesn't get it fully like out of your beard. Like nothing's going to do that except time and a couple of showers. Um, but yeah, there's that. Um, Jeff, <clears throat> just to change gears and, and talk about MMA, which is, you know, primarily what we should be doing here. Um, I saw this post by the UFC on Twitter and it made me think, because it showed uh, an old fight between uh, Rich Franklin and Evan Tanner. Uh, classic fight. Great fight. And and the caption was, future Hall of Famer Rich Franklin was, was a great fighter, whatever it said. And I was like, wait a second. Why the fuck isn't Rich Franklin in the Hall of Fame already? Like, yeah. what, what's the criteria to get in here? So I... I, I don't know. I was baffled by that. I mean, he was he was like the middleweight champion for a long time until Anderson Silva came along. And then he even finished his career in a great way after that. I mean, he knocked out Chuck Liddell. Um, you know, he moved up to 205. He had a pretty good run there. Um, fought Dan Henderson, I think. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Jeffrey? Are you surprised to hear that Rich Franklin's not in the Hall of Fame, or is it just me? No, I am. I am. Uh, Rich Franklin, great fighter, dude. A great representative of the sport. He's had a TED Talk here or there um, <clears throat> where he talks about the mentality after losing to Anderson Silva. But uh, just overall, great fighter, too, man. Uh, great guy, I think. A great ambassador for the sport. Absolutely. I don't know why he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame already. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's something so strange to me. Long time middleweight champion. Um, it, he beat Ken Shamrock at the, um, at the tough one finale. And I remember watching that. Um, I was telling the story a couple of weeks ago when we were doing our top five favorite fights. And I was talking about, um, Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. And I, I didn't know too much about MMA at the time. I was kind of, um, I was always kind of into it, but I, this is when I was really starting to get serious into it. And I well, watched the Ultimate Fighter one finale in my on my shitty 13 inch dorm room TV that had a VCR built into it. And uh, I saw the uh, the the final match, 
and I knew who Ken Shamrock was because he was all over the place and I knew he had been in the UFC forever and, and WWE like so I was like oh he's gonna kill this guy this guy looks like Jim Carrey you know he's gonna <laughs> which is why his nickname is Ace Rich Franklin because he looked like Ace Ventura um and then Franklin beat the shit out of him and I was like oh shit this guy can fight um, and, and Rich Franklin has one of the best stories too, because he was a math teacher. He learned how to do jujitsu in his buddy, George Grizzell's woodshed. Like they just would practice moves on each other. And George, was nice. from, George was from Brazil. So he taught him, he taught him jujitsu and they, they just learned how to fight in this woodshed. And, and he was still a math teacher while he was fighting in the UFC. And I, I thought that was a cool story because I was studying to be a teacher at the time. Um, and I was like, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. I want to teach kids during the week. And then Saturday nights, I want to fight in a cage. Nice. <laughs> that was the plan for a little while. It didn't, didn't work out that way. But uh, at least now I get to talk about fights on the internet. Uh, but yeah, is there anybody else that you can think of, Jeff, that like would really surprise you if they're not in the Hall of Fame? Because I don't even know who is or, or isn't in the Hall of Fame. I don't really... And I know they're putting like fights in the hall of fame now, but like it seems like there should be some people that are just givens, you know? Yeah, Bill, I think like a, a set of criteria and rules would be nice to understand the hall of fame. Like, um, and also there's different wings. So like what Rich Franklin even go in for, you know, like I'd, I'd like to know why anybody goes into the hall of fame. Yeah. See, the, the way WWE does it is, you know, every year, you know, at WrestleMania, they, they have the Hall of Fame like the night before. So, you know, who's going in and stuff uh -huh. like I, I just I need some structure here, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the it's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like there's there's bands, there's people in there that aren't even like remotely rock and roll. It's like, what's it? What is the criteria here? And then. But yeah, I. I, I don't know what it is. Is it championships? Is it title defenses? Because Matt Sarah's in there. And, you know, while I don't disagree that he should be like Rich Franklin had a lot more championship fights than Matt Sarah. So is it because of what he did with GSP? Like, does, does the upset count more than, than the title defenses Rich Franklin had? Like, I, I would like some clarity on this as well. Yeah, and can you, like, apply for it? Because, like, with the NFL, I think after you've been retired for, like, five years or something, you can just apply. Yeah. Do they know? Do people know? Can I apply? I want to be in the Hall of Fame. Do they have a podcast wing? I don't know. Is Mike Goldberg in the UFC Hall of Fame? Or, like, <laughs> probably probably not. I don't, I don't think he left on good terms with yeah. the UFC people always hate on Mike Goldberg and I like him. I, I like watching old fights just to hear him do his commentary. Like people used to shit on the stupid things he'd say and like the stupid questions he'd ask, but like, that's his job. You know, he's, he's supposed to ask the questions that somebody on the couch might be asking so that the other person who's like more of the expert could answer them, you know? Yeah, poor Mike Goldberg, man. But, but he would hit some of those lines so perfectly. Yeah. Like when he'd say that uh, that two fighters had everything virtually identical. Oh, yeah. That became some good memes, too. Some good memes with that. With the uh, Goldberg virtually identical and, like, two, two things, like, just next to each other look funny. Uh, it's hard to explain memes. <laughs> yeah you, you either get it or you don't get it yeah yeah you gotta see it you gotta see it to to bememe it <laughs> well i think we have our title episode <laughs> yeah see it to bememe it uh so uh what else jeff you've been you've been watching anything good on uh on tv during this whole thing besides frazier and cheers yeah so i started watching this show called good girls 
Um, the first two seasons are on Netflix, and then the third one is on um, uh, either NBC or CNBC, whatever. I don't know. Uh, but one of those two, or ABC, whatever, um, on demand. And it's about these three moms who um, get mixed up in in with, like, this uh, gang slash drug cartel. It's more of a gang. And... Um, and yeah, it, it's so interesting seeing their perspective because they're like they're doing all this stuff, but they're not bad people. Um, okay. So it's it the old the best way to describe it is Breaking Bad meets Modern Family. It's okay. like if, if those two had like a stepchild, um, that that they like cared about, but they ignored compared to their actual children. So is it a comedy? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's really interesting. Um, all the characters are female, so sometimes the, I feel like they're a little bit too in your face with the feminism. Um, but I'm not totally opposed to that. I, I like strong female characters. Uh, like if you ever watched Ozark, they have some really good female characters. Uh, so I'm all for it. The actors are really good, too. It's got Christina Hendricks. Um, she was in House of Cards. No, she was in Mad Men. I'm sorry. It's got Mae Whitman. I think that's her name. Um, she's really good. And then it's got Retta, who was in Parks and Rec. She played Donna. So uh, the cast is really good. I actually got into it for the cast, but I ended up really enjoying the show. Um, so there's that. And I've also been watching this six-episode miniseries called Wacko, Bill. Um, it's about this cult leader in Texas. Do you, do you mean Waco, Jeff? Is that how you, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, this is Waco, Texas. So Waco, Texas is not a place? No, I don't believe it is. Well, that's kind of a letdown, Bill. <laughs> Nobody corrected me. <laughs> Sorry, I had to be that guy. Well, anyway, um, yeah, so it's about this dude who basically thinks he's Jesus resurrected. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it's interesting how all these cult leaders, Bill think that they can have like 12 wives who are underage but um right. but uh yeah it, it was really interesting the show itself and this dude i forgot what his name is david something um just his way of looking at things and how he can kind of you know with his words just kind of mesmerize people it was just amazing to me like there's this fbi agent who moves in nearby and uh the guy David basically ends up kind of turning him over to his cause uh, to an extent. Like he kind of got in the guy's head and just to be able to talk that way and be so dynamic, I thought was really interesting. Um, and, you know, he's got like a hundred people on it in his compound who are all just hung up on his every word. So uh, definitely something interesting to check out. And Bill, at, at the end of the series, they kind of make you sympathize with with them just because they go a lot of uh, they dig deep into, um, you know, why is the U.S. government bothering these people? You know, other than having a lot of guns, they haven't done anything wrong. They don't go out of their way to hurt people. Nobody's there against their will. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. A really interesting take on that whole wacko Texas incident. <laughs> Waco, but we'll, we'll, we'll go with wacko. <laughs> it, it is fitting for what happened there. So it is, it, it does uh, go into like the famous shootout that happened in Waco. Yeah. Okay. Which was also referenced in Tiger Kings. I don't know. Tiger King. I don't know if you picked up on that. Where Yeah. Yeah, that, that's part of the reason I wanted to watch Wacko was because yeah. <laughs> because Joe of that Exotic Wacko, Joe Exotic. Yeah. So basically, they keep bothering that cult because of that bitch Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. But, um, but yeah, when Joe Exotic said, like, if people come in and try to take my animals away, it's going to be another Waco. He was basically talking about having a shootout with the cops. Hmm. Or it's going to be another Wacko. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's just a shame, dude. You know, so many people died and like a bunch of kids died. 
so very, very, very sad. Um, but uh, that was another show where the cast was really good, so I like had to watch it. Um, uh-huh. Like it had, uh, I forgot what her name is. She's Canadian. She plays Supergirl. I didn't care for her, but uh, Julia Gardner is in there. She plays Ruth in Ozark. Which, Bill, if you haven't watched Ozark, I strongly recommend. That's another show about drug cartels and money laundering. Um, yeah, I I watched the first season, and then when the second season came out, I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. And um, I just kind of lost interest because I was like, come on, this guy was like an accountant or something, and now he knows all about money laundering, and now he's like a badass. And he's like He's like fighting with drug cartel guys. I'm like, this is a bit of a stretch for me. <laughs> I like stuff that's more like realistic. Like this could really happen, and that it kind of that that's where that show kind of lost me a little bit. Mm. But I know I'm weird like, like that. I know more. Most people like like more fantasy type stuff. I've just always been like more of a nonfiction guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'll give it another shot. Everybody says it's so good. Um, yeah, season three is really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll have to either get into season two or just skip it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember what happened in season two. So. Yeah. Oh, it couldn't have been that good then. Yeah. I watched um, I watched this movie called Knives Out. Uh, it was like, uh, <clears throat> I want to call it a, like a murder mystery, like dark comedy. Uh kind of like clue Remember, okay have you ever seen the original clue movie yeah the uh, tim curry and um a whole bunch of famous actors that i can't really recall right now but that's 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 a really great movie i always i always really enjoyed that movie um but yeah knives out kind of reminded me of that and it has uh jamie lee curtis and it has the guy who most recently played james bond i don't know his name the British guy, uh, Daniel Craig, I think. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, it, it's got some other good actors in there too. Um, yeah, but it, it was cool. You know, I thought it was gonna be like a a traditional like who done it kind of movie, but it wound up having a couple of twists in there and and uh, you know some some dark humor that that makes you chuckle a little bit. I'm a big fan of dark humor. Um, so that was pretty good. Um, I've been looking for some new horror movies to watch cause I feel like I've watched all the horror movies on Netflix and Amazon and, and anything like that. And I, I often ask you guys on Twitter, um, you know, what, what are some good movies out there? I need to add some things to my list. So if you guys uh, want to reach out on social media, let me know some things. I know there's, I know there's a discrepancy, Jeff, between the people who follow the podcast on Twitter and the people who listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> I feel like uh, of all the people who follow the podcast on Twitter, like maybe one percent of them listen to the show, and then of all the people who listen to the show, like maybe ten percent follow me on Twitter or follow you on Twitter. Um, (laughs) So I just feel like I'm juggling a couple of, and then there's the Instagram people. They're like their own thing. They're they're like, no, we're just here for the memes, bro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and the Instagram stories, like a lot of people watch the Instagram stories, probably like more people watch my Instagram stories than like listen to the show. I have a feeling, but in any case, if you're listening to the show, reach out to me on one of these social media platforms and let me know some good horror movies to watch that I can add to my list. Um, so not a lot of live sports going on right now, Jeff, but there was submission underground, which is uh Chael Sonnen's uh, promotion grappling promotion that uh, it's, you know, he, he does jujitsu matches in the cage. Um, and I guess he's been putting shows on without an audience. Uh, I did only catch uh, a couple of matches from this, and I know you did as well. So the main event was Craig Jones and Vinny Magalhaes. Um, and the big dialogue leading up to this was was them talking. I wouldn't say it was big dialogue because like, probably you and I were talking about it and like six other people. Um, <laughs> uh, but but Vinny, Vinny had said uh, leg locks don't work. 
and he and he said to Craig Jones, "Don't even bother trying leg locks on me because leg locks don't work." Um, and Craig Jones said back to him, I, "I found out the reason leg locks don't work on Vinny because I asked him one time, and he said it's because he walks around his house in high heels all the time, and that's <laughs> that's what strengthens his ankle." Um, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I don't know how true that turned out to be because it looks like Craig Jones uh, broke Vinny's leg. Uh, so give me your thoughts on this match, Jeff. Oh man, Bill, first of all, the, the, uh, it was gruesome. So at one point, actually at two points during this match, Craig Jones grabs Vinny Magalhaes in a heel hook, which Bill, any, I think anybody would have tapped to this far beyond far before the point that it got to. And at one point his heel is facing the same direction that his knee is facing, which shouldn't, it's basically turned 180 degrees, but his knee is still in the right spot. Yeah. That's not natural. Yeah, dude. So uh, dude, I was looking at this thing and I was like, either this guy is made of rubber or, or he has to have popped something. And like, as soon as, as Craig Jones gave up on it and let go, you could see Vinny Magohe's ankle just start turning purple, Oof. which, oh man, just go back and watch this. Uh, but I'm warning you now, it is pretty gruesome. You know, um, viewer discrepancy is advised. Um, you know, don't show it to your kids. But then, then he hits the same angle on the heel hook again. And, it was weird because Vinny Magalhaes and Craig Jones, at one point they start talking to each other and the mics can't pick it up. And even Chael Sonnen like raises his voice and tells, asks them what they're talking about. Cause remember there's no audience mm-hmm. at, at this event and they keep rolling and you see Vinny Magalhaes slow down a little bit. And then uh, out of nowhere, the ref calls a stop to the action. He says there's been a verbal tap and declares Craig Jones, the winner. Yeah. So, you know, somewhere in there between the two heel hooks that were really cranked, um, you know, no human being should have to, like, put up with this torture. Yeah. Um, at some point, I guess Vinny Magalhaes had had enough. And, you know, he was having a hard time walking around. And, Bill, why, why don't you explain a little bit more about the heel hook? Yeah, so... Uh- a heel hook is is a strange submission because it doesn't really do anything to your heel. It will fuck up your ankle and it can rip your knee apart. Um, you know, the term heel hook is because the heel is what's being hooked. So you basically use the heel to rotate the ankle. Uh, and if you isolate the leg in such a way and you're rotating the ankle, it will also rip apart the ligaments inside the knee. Um, I, I don't know what exactly the injury is to Vinny Magalhaes' leg. They said it was broken, um, which means he must have really cranked the shit out of it. If he cranked that heel hook enough to break his leg, uh, then there's definitely some tendon and ligament damage in there as well, uh, which you know, at Vinny's age, which I think he's pushing 40, and he's been around a long time. Um, you, you know, w- was it really worth it to not tap to this, uh, sooner because y- you know, you feel and the other thing too, is like sometimes with a heel hook, um, they say like, you won't feel it until it's too late, but like this one, he definitely felt it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> like, he, he, he had to know like, oh man, something's fucking wrong here. Like something did not go right with this. Um, But he, he decided to tough it out. And in the case of jujitsu, like there's not that much on the line here. Like Vinny Magalhaes can still go and, and and qualify for Abu Dhabi and, and headline any grappling event he wants and, and still, you know, be a draw in MMA as well. You know, he's been fighting in the PFL. Like how much money could he have been making for this to, to have that much pride where he's like, no, I said leg locks don't work. So I don't care if he breaks my leg. You know, there's, there's a thin line between like toughness and like, all right, c- come on guy. 
Like it's, <laughs> this is like, this is your future here. Like you don't have a whole lot of other things going on here, but, uh, it, you know, if you don't have your leg that puts you out of work, uh, for a longer time than the coronavirus will. Uh, so you, you got, you kind of have to question like why he held on so long, but I mean, you do have to give credit for how tough he is because he has his leg broken and he's still attacking Craig Jones's leg. Like, oh, I'm break your leg too, bro. <laughs> eye for an eye, ankle for an ankle, bitch. We'll have two legs between us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just like they just put their arms around each other and they <laughs> like a potato sack race <laughs> walk to the bar. Oh, oh no, I guess they can't go to a bar because <laughs> they can't even sign autographs after this thing. There's no fans. And which there there won't be any fans at UFC 249 either, Jeff. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about Submission Underground was uh Austin Vanderford, who's who's most famous for uh, being Mr. Paige Van Zant, uh had a submission victory over the the boogeyman Richie Martinez, who's uh very famous jujitsu competitor, 10th planet guy. So he's under the Eddie Bravo system. Uh, Vanderford took him down and, and, and put him in an arm triangle, uh, which is a very common wrestler move. And I think a lot of jujitsu guys kind of underestimate it. Um, you know, they do like this high arm, uh, like backstroke escape, from from mountain stuff and, and get put in these arm triangles and wrestlers have a different kind of squeeze man i, I think austin vanderford was a four-time all-american oh, wow. that's a it's a different squeeze yeah it, he's i, I kind of feel bad for the guy he's so underrated because he, you know he's he's living in Paige van zandt's shadow and they make all these shitty goofy videos together where they're like dancing and stuff so you think the guy's like a tool bag but like he can actually really fight um, yeah dude uh rich martinez is one tough customer dude uh that's a huge feather in his cap as a grappler dude wow yeah yeah high level black belt like one of the most respected black belts in the jiu-jitsu community is boogeyman um yeah, and i don't even know what austin vanderfort's ranking is in jiu-jitsu but i would imagine he's like uh, a blue or purple belt somewhere in there. Uh, but that wrestling man, that's, you know, a lot of people forget, you know, that's, that's grappling experience, um, that, that a lot of people don't have going into jujitsu and MMA. Um, so I don't, I don't want to get too into this because I don't know if it's going to happen. So I, I haven't been getting my hopes up Jeff, but UFC 249 is back on, it's going to be allegedly in Jacksonville, Florida. I want to find out what's the over under on like, is it more likely I'll ask you this, Jeff, is it more likely that Kim Jong-un is still alive or that UFC 249 happens? Bill, it's more likely that Kim Jong-un is faking his death to get out of a marriage. Yeah. than UFC 249 happening, dude. Sorry, Did you hear who's but I really don't think it's going to happen, man. Did you hear who's going to replace Kim Jong-un? I know. It's, it's Kim Jong-dose. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is going to happen either, but um, we'll wait until next week to actually break this card down because we're, we're, we're creeping up on that hour mark anyway. But just real quick. Um, if this does happen, this is an awesome card, man. Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, great fight. It's not Tony Khabib, and it could possibly be the nail in the coffin of Tony Khabib ever happening. Uh, then your co-main event is Henry Cejudo putting his bantamweight title on the line against Dominic Cruz, who hasn't won a fight since, like... You mean I he hasn't lost a fight since that <laughs> lost to Cody Garbrandt, Bill? But the greatest bantamweight returns to take back what is rightfully his bill. Dude, I think George Bush was president the last time. <laughs> Cruz won. Like George oh, Bush man. senior. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Francis Ngannou, Jairzinho uh, Rosenstrike. That's a really fun fight. Jeremy Stevens, Calvin Cater. Anthony Pettis, Cowboy Cerrone. Fabricio Verdum, Alexi Olenek. That's one nobody's been talking about. That's a fucking phenomenal fight. Carla Esparza, Michelle Waterson, uh, Jacare Souza, and Uriah Hall. Vicente Luque and Nico Price. This is a prelims, Jeff. Vicente Luque and Nico Price could headline a fight night easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles Rosa and Bryce Mitchell, and then Ryan Spann and Sam Alvey. One thing you could say about here uh, on this card is these are real fighters, man. These are people who like, all right, there's a pandemic going on. Like, I need to get in there and fight. I just got this is what I do. This is what I'm made for. I need to get in there and do this. So that, that's the kind of people we're looking at. It is actually going to happen, and you know. Big caveat here, Jeff. I just hope they do it in a way that that everybody's able to stay safe. Um, you know, I I would rather keep going on with no MMA and and us just like bullshitting for an hour about nothing every week um, than than see somebody get sick. Um, you know, just for our entertainment. That's not that's not what I'm into. You know, it's not like, Ooh, they're going to have a cage fight and maybe somebody's going to die. Like, I don't, I don't uh, get excited for stuff like that. I would, I want to see all these athletes be safe, especially because when you think about the fact that like these fighters are all going to be cutting weight and, and that compromises your immune system, uh, you, you know, but, uh, hopefully they know something that, that I don't, that, that this is somehow, safer this is somehow a good idea and um if they if they do pull it off and this event does happen like i'm gonna watch either way but i do truly hope that it's done in a way that that's safe for all the fighters and safe for all the cornermen and all the staff and the, the medical staff and the camera crew and everybody else who has to be involved in this i hope you know they they keep all the facilities clean and everything and uh and everything goes off without any issues and and if this fight does happen then there's going to be two more events uh you know within that week um they're going to do another event on wednesday and then another event on saturday so dana white is really trying to make up for lost time here i guess um i don't know if it's because he has a quota to fulfill with espn or or if it's just like an ego thing like oh we're going to put on all these live events while all the other sports are still sitting on the bench. And, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Any thoughts? Yeah, dude, I would love for this card to happen, but we have to be realistic here, Bill, especially because this is an awesome card and I really do not want to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. So I'd rather just not raise my hopes up, but yeah. you, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, I'd rather, you know, live to fight another day. You know, we get through this quarantine and then we can have all the MMA we want, you know, there'll be time for that. But you know, if it's going to put fighters at risk, I'd rather not have that happen. Um, yeah. And what kind of show are we going to get? Like how, how hard have these fighters all been training when all of their gyms have been closed? Um, so, you know, they've been training in garages or doing, you know, just running extra miles. Like, are we really going to see the best out of all these fighters? I don't know. Um, and is that dangerous? You know, is it dangerous to let even experienced fighters in there who, who haven't been doing this for a while, you know, they, they haven't had like, sparring sessions or is it better you know maybe maybe we're gonna see more well-rested fighters in there maybe we're gonna see better performances i don't know i don't know what the answer is um and we're also gonna see another card uh without it without an audience which i didn't mind in the last one i thought um you know i thought that went over pretty well i don't think the audience is is really necessary and like i've said before like it actually costs them money um to, to do the live events the way they do them with the production and the audience and everything. Like they don't, they don't make their money back on the live gate. Like they always, they always report the numbers, but like those numbers don't really mean anything. It's just like, it costs about a million dollars to put on a, a, a live UFC event. Um, and, and they make that money back with the sponsorships and the downloads and the ESPN deal and, and whatever UFC is taking off the top from Reebok and, and everything like that. They don't make their money off, 
of ticket sales and stuff. That's for the fans. Um, uh, a little bit, a little bit of insight there. Um, all right. So, you know, as we get closer, maybe next week we'll actually break this card down, um, and, and get back to, to doing what we normally do. Uh, I want to thank you guys who have still been tuning in throughout the, the quarantine. You know, we try and give you as much content as we can, uh, you know, with everything that's going on, like, obviously there's not a lot of MMA, so we got to talk about other things. So, uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback. Um, you know, I guess people appreciate having some content right now. So glad we could provide a little bit of that for you guys. Uh, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, you know, speak up, reach out to us on social media. You guys can get a hold of Jeff at animal underscore Wilson, Twitter and Instagram. You guys get a hold of me everywhere else at MMA on the rocks. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, please leave a review. Uh, let me know what you think of the new logo. Uh, leave reviews wherever you're listening. Uh, if you prefer to watch things on Facebook, then like the Facebook page so you know when we're going live. We're going to go live every week on Facebook now, as well as YouTube. We go live every week. Uh, so, you know, wherever you prefer to watch or listen, uh, you know, we're going to try and be on as many platforms as possible and make it easy for you guys. Um, that's all we got. Let us know what you guys are thinking and drinking out there while you're in quarantine. Everybody stay safe. Continue to stay safe. And, uh, you know, do what you have to to take care of yourself and your families. All right. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>